the suffering that you know is comfortable. Like, if you're somebody who's been in pain, physical pain, for years and years and years, it's a pain that you know, it's a pain you can trust, it's, it's reliable, versus if it's a pain that could be solved by diet and exercise and lifestyle and stress management, those are new pains that I don't know. So I can stay comfortable here even though I am in pain. The, 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 the old equation that the, the pain of change needs to be less than the pain of staying the same for anybody to make that shift for themselves. And so, Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Smith, and if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. And if you love this podcast and you want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links down below. But before you do that, my friends, I would like to introduce you to Jeremy Grunsteiner. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for, yeah. uh, thanks for having me, Kyle. Yeah, my pleasure, dude. Thank you for uh, being here. Thank you for uh, thank you for being a guest, and uh, also thank you for having me on your own show as well. Yeah. Very, very much appreciated. Absolutely. And um, well, I like to uh, start the podcast with an opening question, and the That's question great. is, how is it, Jeremy? that you impact the lives of the people around you and your clients. All right. I mean, so it's interesting that you, you asked us because uh, we, we talked a little bit before, uh, before we hit record where, you know, right now I'm in a state of flux and change. And, and one of the biggest things of one of the biggest lessons learning forward this year is being able to be resilient and, and, and follow that flow. And with that, I've been thinking about this question a lot recently, if, if not been the, the question that's been at the forefront of my mind. And one of the things that I – one of the ways that I impact the people that I work with around me the most is being able to help them be more of themselves, helping them be okay with who they are. And being able to bring that forward even more, along with being able to help them find the ways that they're holding themselves back, whether it be through their lifestyle, the, the ways that they move, the the types of activities that they choose to partake in or, or overindulge in, or um, is finding a way to really bring them into a balance that drives them towards being more of themselves. I like that, dude. Uh, bringing out, bringing out the best of an, Ooh, or is it bringing the best version of themselves or is it, well, that, and also removing the beliefs, the conscious or unconscious beliefs of the individual, the, the, the cognitive shackles. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, of, there's so much of that at play, but it's also to what you said at the first portion of that is is allowing allowing so much of their their highest best self their most authentic version of themselves to come through and this this can get uh, turned into a, a a big discussion of like that hypothetical theoretical of what is the most optimal ideal version of ourselves and ultimately the thing that i come back to more often than not 
especially lately, is allowing that person to just be them. There's so much that we find in in uh, social media uh, of people people standing in grocery aisles screaming at people to, to not do this and not eat this and don't do this and, and whatever. And it's like my my approach to this is, well, you know, if uh, that can be true, you know, we can we can look at some of these mechanisms for health, wellness, uh, behavior, all of these things, things like, you know. Uh, one that that gets me in trouble a lot with the with the health health and wellness is a, like diet soda. Like no, diet soda is poisonous, and uh, we have the all we have all these rat studies that it causes brain cancer. And I was like, well, I'm not a rat, so I don't think I have very much to worry about. Um, or like video games are gonna you know rot your brain, or it's gonna turn you into this lump of a human being, or or, or a less productive man, or whatever. It's like you know people can enjoy and like things. And find that balance and be able to have it enhance their life instead of take it over. And so that's where I come in with this is if you're somebody who really loves loves video games and diet soda, hey, we can we can we can enjoy those things outside of excess. And we can allow those things to come through in a way that serves you versus uh detracts from the best version of yourself. And we can truly craft that to be your version of what that looks like versus whatever you're being told to that that needs to look like you know not everybody here's a shocker not everybody needs to wake up at 5 a.m and jump in a cold tank and then run a marathon like some people while they could do it it may actually take away from their abilities to show up better for their for their families show up better for their jobs actually be themselves i like that it takes away this like improvement for improvement's sake that can sometimes permeate um us in the coaching space of of why are we actually why are we actually chasing improvement right now why is this important i like that i like two parts that i really like on there i like that you said crafting the person uh and i find that or at least for myself something that prevented me from progressing and developing my character was the false narrative of an inability to not change, but adjust mm-hmm. and uh, character creation. Yeah. So when it comes to, when it comes to crafting the person, when it comes to crafting yourself, where do you find is the difficulty for general populations or even for yourself when you experiencing you crafting yourself into the person that you are today mm-hmm. to which you're an absolute rock star, bro. You're a rock Thank star. You. Thank you. And uh, talk, talk about that. Talk about crafting yeah, the self absolutely. character. You know, uh, I'll start with a story on this. And so, you know my my personal brand, my podcast, everything's called Weird and Strong. And like, this was uh, something that I stumbled upon accidentally by just continuing to be myself and and continue to lean more into being myself. The thing that made the thing that I that I was challenged with the most getting to this current iteration of myself um, has come from a sense of scarcity. 
like that was the sense of scarcity has always been uh the thing that pops up more often than not that I contend with to move forward growing up uh not financially well off you know i my my parents are amazing people and still still are alive still are together um incredibly hard working and caring people um and with that my my dad is um he dropped out of the out of school at the eighth grade uh he reads around a second grade level he really struggles with reading and words and so with that as a background it's difficult to get a, a really high paying job in a lot of ways combine that with having five kids like the 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 financial side of things can be a struggle and noticing and, and, and seeing for myself of what their struggles were and what I carried forward as lessons and continuing to heal and relearn and reparent myself through those things. That's, that's one side of it. And also finding that when scarcity pops up for me, it's, it's popped up many times in many ways through my path that, uh, I found myself going the safe route. So, for example, I studied, um, I studied music. Uh, I was really enamored by being a musician and 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 being playing in front of people, expressing myself. I had more than a few opportunities to where I could fully bet on myself and go all in as being a musician, write the album, record it, do everything that I possibly could to make that a reality for myself. And ultimately, when those times approached, uh, I actually stepped back many times because of a sense of scarcity. Well, this isn't a guaranteed paycheck. I'm looking at my friends who are doing this full-time or on the road, and they're, it seems like they're begging money for gas money to get from place to place. And I don't that, – that feels really scary to me and really unsafe or like – not necessarily like actually physically unsafe, but like it it gets outside of that comfort zone of of I have an I have at least enough in my bank account to put some food in my belly, some gas in my my car, and get to the next day. So through that, that's led me to all kinds of diverse and unique paths for myself. Like I said, studied music. Uh, I studied abroad, lived in Germany. Uh, I uh worked in the tech industry. I've worked in nonprofit sectors helping people with disabilities. Um, I've run retail stores in various you know sub industries of retail. Um, and now for the past four years and past three years full time, I've been a coach. And so and now continuing to build myself up, this is a story, this is a this is a sense that's come up again. We talked about a little bit about, about change of path. For me right now, uh, I'm on this path of building building my own business for the first time. You know, I talked a little bit about my, about my dad. He was a trucker. He, he drove in the, the oil fields of western North Dakota for 40, 40 plus years, did some over-the-road work. When I was in my late 20s, he started his own, his own business and never done it before. And so b- being able to see that example at a later age and now being able to carry that torch forward i'm now taking on and learning the lessons that my parents had to learn later in their lives as well of mm-hmm. how do i how do i combat 
that or how do I how do I work with scarcity in a way that serves me rather than holds me back? Being able to ask better questions of myself of am I showing up in a certain way because I'm I'm desperate to get that next client? I'm desperate to make sure that I have money in the bank or am I showing up am I showing up in a in a in a, in a fully authentic version of myself? and trusting that the people who will gravitate towards what I'm doing will do so. Mm. Because when you come at things from that scarce mindset and that scarce attitude, it makes it really difficult for people to identify. People people have pretty good bullshit meters. And we can tell when somebody really is it's like in dating. If you if you're too desperate when you're when you're working with somebody or like uh, trying to convince somebody to go on a date with you, it doesn't work. And so for me, seeing this firsthand also in uh, other businesses that I've worked in or um, you know, the, the gym that I worked at until this year closed ultimately because of financial issues. And now working through that for myself of how does this, how does this turn into – how do I use this to leverage myself or leverage that self-development in in, into that next level? I like that. That's yeah. awesome, dude. I, I thought that popped up to there is uh, scarcity works as a repellent to progress. It it can definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that. One of the things that I I learned from a, a, another coach that I've worked with, um, for for a good good portion, is looking at that portion of yourself, that scarcity version of yourself. Why are they showing up? Why is that version of you showing up currently? They have a purpose. Like, you know, you can, um, you know, folks who are familiar with the Unlifted Method are, are likely familiar with the Billy story. You know, Billy is your inner evil workout buddy. It's all your worst tendencies. It's, uh, it's, it's that devil on your shoulder. We have also, also these other parts of ourselves. You have your scarce self, your abundant self. Uh, you know, we look at all these different aspects of us. Some of them may be more shadow. Some of them may be more light. And we look at, okay, these components are here also for a reason. This scarce version of myself, we can ask ourselves, why are they showing up in this moment? What are they trying to teach me? What are they trying to, what are they trying to save me from or keep me safe from? What is the actual root here of why they're showing up? Can I give them what they need to feel safe, secure? Can I, can I, can I hold that part of myself as, as a whole being, serve what they need, and still move forward versus giving in wholesale to what they need? It's like a, a crying child who, uh, who's, who's upset they didn't get a, a piece of candy at the store or something like that. Are they really upset about the candy? Or are they upset that they weren't feel they didn't feel seen or heard or understood or, or cared for in that moment? Sometimes it's just about the candy. Sometimes it's about the deeper care, and so we can take that for ourselves and explore that deeply and show up even better. I like that. I have this thought <clears throat> where until the <clears throat> until the time we consciously choose to, we will show up for our inner child as our parents have showed up for us. Mm -hmm. 
how have you recognized or how have you noticed changes in your parenting style to your inner child? You know, in that regard, I will still, I will claim that I'm still a novice. Because the thing that has changed for me the most is even one number one recognizing that. And that's been that's been the biggest change because, you know, ultimately we do it subconsciously. You know, we we are constantly working with our inner child and, and parenting them in in some way, shape, or form, whether it's conscious or not. And so for me, it's that change into that recognizing when that inner child needs something, and 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 being able to show up with either a lesson or a uh, the the proof. So if it's a if it's a well, I can never do that. That's too hard. I can show up with the proof of we've done similar things. I've got you. You can I do like this. It. Um, so yeah, that's the biggest change in that regard for me. Nice. Mm -hmm. I uh, I was chatting with a, a client before, and uh, we we're ha discussing a very similar topic. And the thing that was really freaking cool was having a frame of mind where well I, I told him about the process of showing up differently for the inner child and one of the things that he was really resistant with is adopting new behaviors or doing things that were just objectively good for his health he's focusing on his health his physical and his mental fitness and uh the thing that his when when he when his inner child started having a hissy fit was when he would force himself to do things without consciously addressing the why and the intention behind it mm -hmm. so had i got him to do this visualization where rather than him standing up and pointing down at his inner child saying you have to do this without any sort of uh insight or explanation that his inner child would understand it, it, it would get like really tight there would be a very uh it would be uh not animosity it would be a resistance like a rebelliousness yeah he he wanted to stick it to the man but he didn't realize that he was the man that he was sticking it to in yeah, that process that's, a, <laughs> that's uh i feel like you're talking about me right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so it was interesting i had a, I had a really cool experience um uh, you know, about a year ago, uh, almost to the date of this recording, um, I was at a men's retreat down in Austin, Texas, and um, we were uh, deep in a medicine journey. And um, one of the brothers came by. He he does a a myriad of energetic body uh, work, different types of massage, different types of um, energetic work, mindset work. Tantra, like phenomenal, phenomenal guy with so much experience and information. He came over. He's like, "Hey, do you mind if I uh, like work on your body a little bit? Like, I'm I'm feeling something. Like, I'm, like 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 you you need a little bit of something." And he'd start. You know, he's doing some in interesting. I, I can. When I go to a massage therapist, I'm like, "All right, you got a baseball bat because that's about the force you're gonna need to make me feel much of anything." Like. 
I'm a bigger guy. Um, I, I've got a bit of muscle tissue underneath everything. Like I've I've worked with some really strong massage therapists. I've made some of them cry that they're like, I've never worked so hard in my life. And meanwhile, I'm full mouth open snore, like having the time of my life. And so he's he's doing interesting things like getting his thumb up inside of my cheek muscles and I was like, all right, I'm here for it. And he sees something coming through. Um, or I was like stifling, like holding something in. It almost looked it was uh, like like something like a laugh. He's like, it's okay to laugh. Hmm. It's okay to be. It's okay to have, like have a, have a feeling. It's okay to laugh. And or maybe it was the other way around. Uh, maybe some sadness was coming through. He's like, it's okay to cry. It's okay. So they start laughing. So I did the opposite. Well, it's okay to laugh too. And start crying. And he's like, oh, you got a bit of something a little rebellious about you. And I was like, I never. People who know me are like, oh, you think? <laughs> like, but I've never considered myself necessarily as like the like all that rebellious. And in, in like, I was pretty follow the rules kid. I tend to want to follow the rules most, of, but definitely if there's something that isn't necessarily uh legally mandated or like given that specific path i will i will buck against it in a lot of ways i mean i've got a pirate flag behind me i've got a pirate ship tattooed on me i have a a tattoo of the star wars rebel alliance symbol that says rebel scum underneath i was like okay all right i guess maybe i am a little bit a little bit rebellious and having that same sort of lessons for myself of when I'm finding that resistance of it's almost like I have to dare myself to go the opposite direction or being able to being able to explain it to myself in a way that allows me to be fully bought into whatever needs to happen, whatever lifestyle change, whatever exercise program, whatever types of exercise, you know, I'm a weightlifter. I don't like doing cardio things. So, uh, finding the ways to convince myself that getting my heart rate up to you know above 160 beats a minute once a week is actually going to be really beneficial for me versus you know uh, saying well anything over five reps is high intensity or like high intensity cardio or long distance cardio um, being able to help prov- provide the, the mental gymnastics necessary to convince myself of those things even though i know it's true how do i actually deeply believe it for myself as well now um and then also with that i've been uh, digesting this book um existential kink for a while mm-hmm. now uh since uh since we last saw each other in person back in october and you know how much of our own successes and failures come from whichever version we're already bought into in this idea of being rebellious to yourself or having to convince yourself or talk to your inner child in a way that, that allows them to feel seen and heard that they can be bought into your success as well, or whatever you need to do to achieve success, taking a look at the things that you're struggling with the most, some of your tendencies, some of your beliefs, and being able to take a look at do you see are you secretly in love with failing if you're feeling disgusted by how your body looks feeling overweight are you secretly in love with being how you are currently 
that keeps you exactly right where you are? Are you secretly in love with being in pain with your current state? Many times we're so bought into the, our own failures because we can't actually see and believe in our successes. Damn. Can't actually see or believe in our own successes. Can't actually see or believe in our own successes. We may be able to say it, but we can't actually get there to mm -hmm. actually feel it as if it's already happened. We don't know what it feels like to succeed. We know what it feels like to fail. So we can stay in that comfort zone. And even though we really want to succeed, say it's you know somebody who's never been able to lose weight or keep the weight off because they don't know what that's like. They don't know what that feels like. They don't know what that can, what that's going to do for their lives. They don't know what that will, what those effects will be. And so it's the gain and lose the same 20 pounds over and over and over and over again, because they're, they're secretly in love with the failure. They're secretly in love with being the person who's 20 pounds heavier. And then going on the journey, win, uh, fail again, back and forth and back and forth. I like that. As we were, if we were only in love with the winning mm -hmm. and only focused on the winning, we would never backslide and gain those 20 pounds back anyways. Right. Yeah. Something that's driving us towards that. Oh, I actually, I really like, um, I really like, what was I reading? Have you ever read the four agreements? I hope, I believe Jose very, Ruiz. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jose very Ruiz. familiar. I'm very familiar with it. I haven't fully read it myself. I've listened is, to like the abridged like synopsis of it. Nice. Um, because we were uh, at the gym that I was the director of operations for, we had a book club and that was one of them. And so I was like, well, I, I need to know something about this because we're talk there. There's a, there's talk about this. And so I'm very familiar with it, but I have not read the whole thing. Fair enough. His son wrote a book. Uh, where is it? Wisdom of the Shamans. Okay. And really cool book. Really cool book. I actually read that one first, and then I listened to the audio book because there's only like an hour and a half on YouTube. It's on YouTube for free, and it's freaking so sweet. And something that he speaks of uh, repeatedly or repeatedly comes up is our addiction to suffering and how humans are addicted to suffering. Mm -hmm. And something I think is really cool, a really cool kind of question that uh, I, I ask myself is how is it that this particular state of suffering benefits me? Mm -hmm. So if, if it's like, it, if it's, I'll, I'll just go with drinking on this one. How is it that although in the past I would know the adverse effects of alcohol consumption, I would still do it. And, and it had very much to do with that, that addiction to that suffering. It's like, oh, I, here I go again. I just can't, can't, quotey fingers, do anything because – I'm addicted to the suffering rather than the potential of the success. And how I reframed it is that I kind of put it as discipline where it is both a struggle and suffering to be both disciplined and undisciplined. 
it is a struggle and suffering to be disciplined in the sense that we maintain a routine day after day. And that is difficult. There's a form of struggle and we have to change ourselves in order to adapt to that particular change. And then to be undisciplined also has its own form of struggle where we stay the exact same, which also brings its own form of suffering and struggle. And I think when, at least for myself, when I'm looking at the different varieties of suffering that I'll dabble into, Mm -hmm. I recognize the, I recognize what it is that I'm actually doing and it's everything serves a purpose and it's for, for my suffering or previously more so significantly better now because I'm more consciously aware of it. I'm trying to practice myself out of that suffering tendency and Mm -hmm. shifted my form of suffering to the suffering of progress and becoming you know becoming a little a little bit more addicted to that form of suffering and that's been a that's been a good one and with with that with that suffering with that with that um addiction to the suffering with that uh headspace where where do you find where do you find yourself addressing it or how do you find yourself addressing it and then reframing it or readjusting it so that it serves you rather than hinders you? Yeah. I mean, this is a wonderful question because it leads back into some of the things we've talked about already is that is looking again of this, you know, for me personally, it comes back to this, this sense of scarcity as well, or like not feeling, I guess safe is the word I want to use, but it doesn't quite feel whole there. But like the suffering that you know is comfortable. Like if you're somebody who's been in pain, physical pain for years and years and years, it's a pain that you know. It's a pain you can trust. It's it's reliable. Versus if it's a pain that could be solved by diet and exercise and lifestyle and stress management, those are new pains that I don't know. So I can stay comfortable here even though I am in pain. You know, the, 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 the old equation that the, the pain of change needs to be less than the pain of staying the same for anybody to make that shift for themselves. And so looking at this in making change forward from a sense of scarcity, are you familiar with the marshmallow experiments that they've run thousands and thousands of times? I'm actually not. With, with kids? Um, and I'll probably butcher hmm. this because I don't have it all. I don't have it all at my fingertips of the the exact uh, details of of the experiments that they'll do. Um, but they will give they will give a child one marshmallow with the promise of more marshmallows if they wait until the adult returns from the room. So you got one big marshmallow with the promise that you could have, you know, two or more marshmallows at a later date. So there's so much of a, a sense of scarcity that plays into this from from that we see in the experiment is that more often than not they will they will not for they will take the one marshmallow now and I you know there's there's I'm sure that there's much to be said about that from the the research of what's actually happening under the hood but 
you know, all we have is the current moment. And so if I, if I, it's a gamble if I, I roll the dice that they're actually going to be more marshmallows in the future. Because we're geared towards survival. We're geared towards, we're not geared towards resource hoarding necessarily as humans because hunter gatherers, you, you gather enough, but there's no guarantee that there's going to be more and that you may need to move on and get more at a later date. So, you know, if you look at even our metabolic systems, if you go on a, if you're a, somebody who is disciplined in their in their diet, perhaps an athlete, and you go on a a, a a binge fest and you eat as much as you possibly can, your body can handle it because it's it's also going to view as that as excess and, and and shut it off. So at this deep level, we have this ability to know that there's some scarce resources coming, or we know that scarcity is a, is a, is an issue, so that we'll, we'll we'll eat that marshmallow now versus wait for the more marshmallows and we look at change it's so important to know that the things that i'm doing today i won't see the benefits from for weeks months maybe even years that's why investing is hard for a lot of people as well or saving it's this all comes back to this sense of scarcity and i i believe that this is something that really holds us back from making positive change in our lives period Agreed. Yeah. Uh, to pivot a smidge from scarcity, where do you find abundance in your life? Yeah. For me, I come back to you know, one of the reasons I started the podcast myself is is in human connection. Mm. I look back at uh, my experiences over the past decade plus. Um. The amount of jobs that I've gotten based off of just purely apply and uh, get into the running, like I'm not even sure I have a single one that I can really like put in the front of my like it's all been about personal network. Mm-hmm. So it's been a bit like I've been a referral to work. You know, somebody else works there or somebody knows somebody that works there, like, hey, you you should talk to this guy. He'd be a really great addition to your team. And so for me, abundance is always in human connection and continuing to cultivate and build more human connection because that's – it's what helps – it helps not only me become better, you know, resources, uh, knowledge, experiences. It also allows others to experience the same as well because it it's that same old adage of a rising tide raises all boats. And so when we can continue to have connection and – communication our experience as humans increases and improves so much better especially in a in a state where um in doing market research for my coaching program the, the thing that i've that I've come to the most is is this deep sense of sadness and loneliness where people think and mm. feel that they have to go everything alone and that there again there is there's not enough and it's a uh, Continually finding ways to reach out to people and have conversations helps to keep me in abundance rather than scarcity. For example, like last week was a very challenging week for me. Uh, travel issues and, and all kinds of other things that have been happening in my life. And the simple act of reaching out to people, having conversations, and knowing that you know, I have an awesome podcast that we're, we're recording right now with, with somebody who's really rad. And 
Um, I had a coffee earlier today. I had a great uh, connection with one of my other coaches and friends and uh, this past weekend and continually having conversations with people and getting those connections and continuing to, to build that forward. Oh, it's a whole different world this week over it was last week. Last week it was easy to it was easy to fall into the trap of believing that I'm alone and that that all this pain is just all this pain and suffering that I'm experiencing currently is is what life is always going to be like. And that if, if life is always going to be this way, then why why even continue? Or like why 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 not just take the easy path or go back to working in a corporate tech job or why why even struggle? And uh, this is a weird tangent, but you know I, mean? I dig it. I love, I love I it. Love things, I love things weird. There's a song that's been coming up over and over and over again for me, like over the past like six to eight months. And it's a song that I heard many many times, but I never actually like I I heard the lyrics. I never really paid attention to them. It's like, did I actually hear them or did I like even know them? Um, and I always cringe at saying this because growing up in the late nineties, early two thousands, there was always the, the, at least where I grew up, there was always the cringy, um, there's always the cringy tool fan. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. And so I was like, I always got like, nope, like I, I enjoy the music, but I'm not going to be like, this is so amazing and brilliant. It'll change your life. You know, but there's this song keeps coming up and it's called uh, Parabola mm. and talks about, you know, this body holding me, this reminder that I'm not alone. This body holding me, uh, feeling eternal that all this pain is just an illusion. Damn, I'm going to be I'm going to be listening to it right after this one. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's there's so much, you know, that we it talks about, you know, this reality we've chosen to be in this reality. If we want to get real deep into this of what we what we know of our perception of reality. Like my perception, I have no way of knowing that my perception is anywhere close to your perception. Hmm. I have mm-hmm. no way to prove that one way or another. And having a, a great conversation with somebody very recently about this as well, of like being able to recognize recognize the uniqueness of your experience and like because only you can have this experience. It is your reality. Your perception can change. We talk about, you know, in in uh, uh, the world of word, words and stories and breath, like that's what we're doing is we're looking to change the perception of something that may have happened. Mm-hmm. Not denying that it happened. A traumatic event can be still traumatic, and you can t- turn that into a post-traumatic experience that builds you up rather than tears you down. And so knowing that, you know, my understanding of reality is only based off of my perception, what can I do to choose choose a reality that serves me best? What can I do to choose a reality that builds me up towards the future? What is a way that I can choose a reality that builds up the people around me and keeps them feeling abundant as well? I like that. Yeah. Damn, I like all from, that. All from a all from a tool song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know what? Maybe they are as great as they say, or as the cringe fans say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's stuff like that. I I, I pull back to also like, I grew up being a a big old nerd. I still am, you know, big old geek. I I love all things uh, (laughs) like science fiction and um, anime, and grew up a lot of video games and fantasy novels. You know, for me, Star Wars has always been a big mainstay. And like, there are many times I come back to some of the wisdom that comes through. Like, George Lucas was, uh, you say what you want about him and, and some of the goofy things that he's done, but there were some, there were some deep, interesting wisdoms that came through in, in, in what he was bringing forth as how, how the universe is tied together. Mm-hmm. And is this great work of fiction that still has. Uh, a lasting effect because there's still people who are deeply in love with with the idea of of Star Wars, and so there are there are genuine deep truths of not only the hero's journey but how we can relate to ourselves and, and different parts of ourselves in building us towards a much more balanced future. I like that. I uh, on that note, I also have a. Qui-Gon Jinn is definitely a mental mentor of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really digged his uh his stance where it was <clears throat> there's the light side and then there's the dark side and then there's neutrality in the force. Mm-hmm. And aiming for that neutrality is when you're going with the current of the force or going with the current of life. Yes. And that's that's uh very much so. When I when I'm uh going through my own little bits of struggles. Mm-hmm. If I, well, yeah, if I'm having, if I'm, if I'm all aboard the struggle bus, I'll go for a walk and I'll just kind of envision Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, just walking next to me and then just like chillaxing and just helping guide me. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, I think, yeah, Star Wars is freaking the best, man. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like it, 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 it also exactly what you're talking about is like this balance aspect of it because we can we can uh we can bring ourselves to this uh monk mode type of like i'm going to go i'm going to deprive i'm going to go as uh um simple as possible i'm going to renounce possessions or go as minimalistic as i want to um and like spiritually bypass all kinds of things in the in the in the uh in the idea that I'm going towards my highest best self, but in the, in the meantime, I'm actually ignoring all the shadow aspects of myself um, to where they come out in a very immature way. Um, or I, I give into hedonism and all of the, the, the shadow sides of myself that keep me stuck and keep me down. Um, you know, the danger of the dark side isn't necessarily mm. inherently that it's rooted purely in hatred and anger a big portion of it, the leader to it is is passion. Is is and it comes from a deep root of caring in a very immature way. We look at the the story of Anakin Skywalker, and it wasn't necessarily that Anakin was inherently evil. It's that he was a sad little boy who was taken away from his mom and had such a deep caring and love that he couldn't express as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so his his passion for other people and his passion for life took a dark turn because it wasn't allowed to be expressed in a way that was 
mature, caring, and loving. He had to hide it and shove it away. I like that. On the note, well, uh, I say on the note often, <clears throat> but to pivot slightly, although I love Star Wars, but yeah. to pivot sort of, but not really. So your podcasts and your business is weird and strong. Yes. How is it that you actually, how are you weird? Yeah. I mean, what inspired it? So the story behind this is uh, I actually have the postcard here somewhere. So just recently telling this story again, um, the, um, the gym that I was working at. So this was uh, the fall of 2020. So November of 2020, American Thanksgiving time. We as a staff, we had just made a, a major shift in our business in the gym uh, of no longer being a CrossFit gym, going to a much more individualized um, program and, and methodology towards helping people really, really live the best versions of their life. And we had a small little um, Thanksgiving party gathering with the entire staff, had a nice little meal, and as part of it, we wrote uh, – little notes of gratitude to each other. And at the time, one of the, one of the fellow coaches, um, I had just started coaching him in Olympic weightlifting. He and I had been training partners and lifting buddies for years prior to this. And he, he wrote a very nice, um, note thanking me for my dedication and how hard I work. And he, he's a, uh, farm boy hunter and like as far as polar opposites i i'm there like he was an athlete i was not an athlete growing up i was into theater and music and nerdy stuff and kind of goofy stuff and like my music choices uh like you know i was really into like goth and punk and hardcore and um soviet art music and like stuff that's just not exactly the mainstream and he always thought that was really like a lot of the stuff I was into was kind of weird. And so he signed off and said, uh, keep being strong and weird. I had completely, I, I, I like to hoard things like that. You know, again, this commute, this uh, connection with others is, is a, a way to keep abundance in my life. Um, so it's nice to revisit those from time to time. So I keep them all the time all the notes and thank yous and everything that, that, that comes across my desk or mailbox. Uh, I recently found it about a year ago, just a little over a year ago. And I looked at it and I saw that end stay strong and weird. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, like I was contemplating starting a podcast. And so that, that's, that's where the name originally came from was, was, was through that. And, Anytime I would bring it up to people, they're like, "Yep, that sounds like you." Uh, my path is is anything but conventional in so many ways. I've I've tried the conventional paths of, of jobs and careers and schooling. Uh, I dropped out of college twice. I I've I've done so many things that uh, I have been interested in or loved uh, or been in like just felt a calling for in the time. Uh, my path starting in high school is actually leading towards the military um, to go into the Air Force. Um, I was in a, that's interesting. Uh, an, an auxiliary 
of the U.S. Air Force called Civil Air Patrol. And started that when I was, oh, probably before I was even a freshman in high school, before the ninth grade. And did that all the way through to my senior year. Ultimately decided that that wasn't going to be the 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 world for me and graduated high school, moved off to Germany, something that most people wouldn't necessarily do. They graduated high school and I'm going to go back to high school. So that was kind of a weird thing anyways. Studied music and theater, dropped out of school to manage a video store, um, bounced around into some retail jobs, went back to school for music, dropped out again, like just a, an interesting path that kept going forward, ending in ending up in technology as a as a web engineer, project manager, development manager, and then getting into athletics and lifting at, at, in my 30s. So it's just the path being. I, I often joke that I've I've had many past lives in, within this one, and that's something that is quite interesting and unique about me. And knowing that. If I have a unique story to tell, and my path is a bit unique, I know that others have their unique paths as well. And the more that we can showcase people doing unique and unconventional things in the world, the more that it normalizes them to follow their own dreams and follow what they want to do, what they feel called to. Again, we could come back to this idea of being scarce. You know, I, I turned down the call to adventure more mm. times than I would care to count or admit. There's always been the constant call towards adventure, to, to make your own path, blaze your own trail. And I always said, no, not, not, not right now. I don't have enough money. No, I don't feel secure enough to do that. And so it's – if there's one per, if, if I – that's my one experience. I'm, I'm guessing and making an assumption that there's a great many other people who feel the same. And so when we can normalize people doing that – it can help build everybody up to a much more important uh, or a much more impactful future. One of my missions and one of my deepest tenets of life um, is a, a phrase um, that can be interpreted in many ways, but in, in general, I interpret it this way. Um, it's a, a Hebrew phrase, tikkun olam. What's it mean? The, <laughs> it refers to the age to come. Mm. You can you can you can you can say that as the the future. You can say that as heaven, or you can interpret that in, in many different ways. And ultimately, to gain your spot in the age to come, is that you need to heal the world. My my view of this is the way to true immortality is to make an impact, to make a ripple, to change change the lives of even one person around you for the best. Because that carries forward. Whether they remember you or your name at all doesn't matter. Your, your deeds, your the way that you showed up made an impact that it changed their life and that changed their, the lives of their children and their children and their children. That's the way that we have – that's the way that we achieve true immortality is that through our actions and through who we are as people, we can impact – positively so much more than we than we even give ourselves credit for the ripple effect is real so respect your ripple and, and and allow it to 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 ripple out as far as possible i like that mm. i like what you're 
the thing that I like about our conversation today is hmm, you're speaking, at least for myself, I feel it within my soul. And I feel it. I feel it like emotionally. I feel it in the solar plexus where what you're saying is rippling, <laughs> is resonating, and it's speaking a lot of, I think it's speaking a lot of um, common denominator truth, mm. where it's, it's something, it's raw, it's like, I imagine it like clay. You're, you're speaking words and of experience that I believe many people can very much resonate with. And in hearing it, I think what it's doing for me is it's bringing in that sense of abundance where there isn't that sort of that loneliness and there's something very freeing about that when someone else speaks on their experience and it pulls those kind of feels up mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting because it's a very it's a very somber, very um. It's interesting because I think it's so common that nobody really speaks on it, and when things are not spoken about, they're not addressed. They're not conscious. There's no because awareness. They can become stigmatized at some point and shunned and or or ignored. Yeah. And that what what does that turn into? What types of behaviors and what types of um societal or personal issues come from something like that? Mm -hmm. Like ultimately so the part of my personal journey involves a, a a you know, I became a coach and working in fit health and fitness. I never touched a barbell until I was in my thirties and somehow still made it to the national stages of weightlifting. Um in, in the geezer league and like coaching and lifting in both um you know for me i got to a point where because i hadn't had that athletic background um that i was you know i stopped i stopped looking at the scale and stopped caring past 275 i know i got i know i got past that 300 mark um for sure And in that was a lot of hanging out all the time, you know, from happy hour to bar close, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Eating, eating out the whole time, getting snacks. And you know what I would do when I would get home? Hmm. I would order a pizza or order some food or whatever, you know. Like, ultimately, there is, there's, I, I looked at that and I was like, well, why do I keep doing this? drunk half asleep falling falling asleep like eating more food 
and feeling overstuffed and overfull and falling asleep while you're eating and then waking up and continuing it even though you're feeling so full that you physically are feeling sick like now i see that in a very different light and i see that in a very different uh, uh version um i'd gone on my I'd gone on vacation last year um and picked up a book called on connection hmm. and it spoke very directly to to this and like i i read that it's a very it's a short easy read book and it spoke to this of like these these issues that we see with like overindulgence in alcohol and food and tv and any and insert thing um ultimately comes from this lack of connection to self it's like i was uncomfortable i was feeling really uncomfortable with where i was i hadn't been able to answer the call to adventure that i wanted to for so long i uh i wasn't willing to take risks in a lot of ways i was it was numbing that feeling of feeling disconnected from myself because i didn't know what that actually meant it didn't feel real to me and so even though i was out with friends and having a good time i felt more alone than i ever had had felt before you know so much of what we what i talk with other people when doing market research and talking to people out in the world is is that even in a space of being so well connected we still find a way to be alone together and when we mm. still feel that deep loneliness and that lack of connection to ourselves it's no wonder that we have issues with eating too much or eating foods that aren't nutritiously supportive of our lives not exercising not moving because I think you referenced this earlier is that even though we know these things, you're talking with a client, like we can know these things. We don't have an information problem mm. by any stretch of the imagination. There's so much information infinitely, you know, quickly available at our fingertips. And now you can even just ask a machine. You don't even have to type anything. You can just ask your phone something. It's going to give you an answer. We don't have an information problem at all. People know generally what they should and shouldn't be doing. Uh, like they they know what foods are more health like supportive of their health than not. Most of them will know that a plate of broccoli with lean protein is going to be more nutritious than a whole pizza. Like, there we we know these things and yet we'll we'll pick the pizza almost every time. And the pizza to excess every time. So what's 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 underneath there? What's actually driving that? And my my hypothesis is that we we lack. We lack quality connection to ourselves. To know that when I'm feeling un when I'm feeling an uncomfortable feeling, when I'm feeling less than, when I'm feeling unsupported, unsafe, scarce, when that shadow self or that those shadow aspects of ourselves are are being very present, having having a better connection to that whole person to say it's okay why what's what's actually coming up here what do they actually need and how can we move forward versus i'm going to numb it with whatever substance comes my way mm -hmm. mm. i like that lack quality connection to self yeah lack quality connection to self how do you find how have you found how have you found to be what are some methods or tactics that you have used to foster a better connection with yourself 
Yeah. Great. Um, great question. For me, it's writing things down. I and many of the people that like I grew up around and I've worked with in the past. Um, it's easy to stay stuck in your head. Keep that. Keep the story. Keep everything um, playing in your mind. And it's many times a struggle, um, especially for you know for me to get started with it, and for others, especially men, of writing those things down. Just getting them on the page. Getting them on paper. When I I noticed that that struggle of lack of connection to self, where I'm like, I don't even know what I want anymore. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel like I'm getting in my own way all the time. Oh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't journaled in a while, or I haven't, I haven't just brain dumped at the end of the day to to unload that processing power in my brain. I've got, just like on my computer, I have a thousand tabs open. And I don't know where the music's coming from. It's like okay, we need to shut everything off for five minutes, ten minutes, and that's where meditation can be a great practice. If you don't know how to meditate, find 10 minutes of quiet alone time where there's no distractions, there's no music. You're just sitting and being with yourself for a small amount of time. Going for a walk with no real aim, with no devices, no music, those types of things. The more that you have that space away from everything else is where you start to foster that connection with yourself. And those are the easy ways to get started. Writing, walking, quite a long time. I like it. I found for uh, something I've been playing around with more often is reflecting on, I actually had a cool conversation with my mom on this one. Uh, well, so the things that we, the things that took us no effort when we were children are very much so indicators of the things that we could do presently where we can just find ourselves in the flow state where we uh, are able to um, just bring, bring that back. So asking, I asked my mom, what, what sort of things that I do as a kid that could be a hint or a indicator of things that would create or foster that stronger connection within mm-hmm. myself. And one of the things that I found is walking was one of those things for sure and then also creative outlets so creativity and uh i think that that's something that as we age we veer away from those that childlike wonder and those creative outlets and that sense of adventure that children have where it's there's it's oh kids are just present and in that presence we find peace yes uh my creative outlets were drawing walking going outside and music and those are things that i've been incorporating more this year than i have previously because i've been aiming for a better sense of self a better connection to self what are what are some of the the create creative outlets or yeah, what are some creative outlets that you have used or do use or could use that could foster a better connection with yourself? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
this one's gonna be a little bit uh redundant because it's, it's exactly the same as what you what you just said you know being a, <laughs> being a musician um so being able to just pick up an instrument and 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 express what's coming through um is great it's amazing you know i uh my my path when i was studying music at university was was towards composition and so even being able to write something out in notation or um pop it into a composing software and, and express that way as well is, is, is fun and interesting and amazing. Um, and drawing, um, I, I've been working my way back into bringing that back into my life as well. I've, you know, everybody says this in, in one shape or another. Like I don't find myself particularly gifted in that area, but I do it for the enjoyment. I'm not looking to become an artist I'm I'm really good at trying to turn whatever I love into a job, and, and I've I've avoided turning that one into a job so far, which is great. Um, and yeah, walking like my my version of vacations or or or, or even just travel and adventure are is so drastically different than everybody else's. I would I would imagine. Um, I love nothing more than going to a new city or revisiting a city with no plan and just strap the backpack on, make sure I have what I need and just go in a direction and see what I can find. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, walking, drawing and music are, are key components for me to foster those as well. And it's interesting for me because you talked about childhood and I look back at um, the time that I spent in Germany because that was, those were the three things that were so present for me then you know, in a in a place that I'm not a native speaker by any means, um, or as fluent as everybody else around me, there's still a there's still a um, a barrier to some of my communication, um, or just you know just feeling like a just an a bit more of an outsider than I'm used to, or you know, we can we can retreat into ourselves for better or worse. So I, I joke very often that I'm a I'm a recovered swoopy haired emo kid because that was definitely at that time of year at that time of my life. Um, yeah, I know you get it. And yeah. uh, you know it, it the the writing aspect was something that was very present as well. And even though it did take a it could take a very oh what was me, uh you know live journal esque type of writing where. Yeah, you know, anybody who was around during those days knows knows how how whiny some of those live journals were. <laughs> um, and uh, I look back though at so much of what I so much of what I've learned since then, and it was I felt so much more connected to who I was mm. and who I like at, at my core at that time than any other time in my life. And it was a an accidental stumbling upon because I had a lot of time to myself, even though I was experiencing new things and experiencing new culture and talking to new people that I would never have gotten to know in the, in otherwise. There was still because I'm outside of outside of uh, you know where I'm from or feel comfortable or what's home, quote unquote. Um, it made it so that I, I I had to find a better connection to myself to to understand and know what was true for me. 
do I actually like this thing that I'm eating? Or do I think I don't like it because I don't like the way it looks or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, am I uncomfortable asking a question right now because I don't know how to ask it or because I don't want to ask it or I'm afraid of the answer? Like you start to you start to get much more in tune with what you want and need when you have to uh when you're not even sure where you can get it Ooh. you know if you're used to a water fountain on every corner of your school building and then you go to a school and there's no water fountains and you start feeling like you're dying of thirst throughout every day are you going to ask where you can get some water or are you going to just tough it out so you start to you start to learn a lot about yourself in those ways um and again i was Always had the headphones handy, you know, back in the day when you had to have a CD into your, your disc man, um, dating myself a bit. There's no iPod, like, that came out after. Um, and uh, I, 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 I loved to draw. I, I still have so many of those drawings from that time period of my life. And, um, it was just an easy way to express myself and then grab a guitar and pluck something out and being able to express and being in an expressive state fostered that self-connection so much. Mm-hmm. It was so it was so fun and so cool. And now being able to look back and go, oh, I was on something back then. All right. How do I continually cultivate some of that, more of that in my life today? I love that. Yeah. I love that, man. That's good. Some weird well. adventures. Dude, I yeah, some weird the weird adventures the the strong and weird adventures, yeah, Yeah. I like that dude. I really like that. I I think I'm probably uh, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to do a brain dump after this and just kind of flush the mind of ideas of that internal connection i think mm-hmm. i think yeah this 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 episode here is going to work as my journal prompt to deep dive into my own psyche and and really and really ask myself the question of where where is it that i can really step up my connection game mm-hmm. i think that like it's interesting because as you're speaking it I don't know, man, you're hitting some strings, you're hitting some strings and I feel it and I I'm excited. I'm not, not like fearful at all. I'm excited to kind of dive into that and kind of pick apart that, uh, bit of curiosity that you kind of planted in my mind. So Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for that, dude. You're welcome. Yeah. I want to thank you very much for that. That's going to be a cool one. If we can connect to ourselves better, we can connect to others even better as well. Absolutely. If you want to get a little more esoteric with it, it's like, well, you know, there is no Kyle, there is no Jeremy. We are we are all one being having a conversation with itself. So if I can understand myself better, I understand you better. Absolutely. If I understand, my, if I understand myself, why would I do harm or why would I do violence to myself, even when when confronted mm. with that self in another being? Absolutely. That was that was one of my. Uh, that was one of my mushroom trip lessons was seeing, seeing, yeah, this is a cool one is seeing myself within others 
And what that kind of unlocked was a higher focus on compassion rather than judgment. Because now I understand it's like, oh, oh crap. Like the things that I both admire and resent in that other person are the characteristics and traits that I have had myself. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I totally, I totally agree, man. Like we're just, we're just a uh, two folks that are a part of this universal consciousness, this, this sense of being that we believe or we've been told, or we adopt either consciously or unconsciously the story that we are so unique and we're special snowflakes. And it's like the whole, the whole world has to change externally in support of our subjective internal existence. And mm -hmm. I, I do believe that that is when we probably feel the loneliest and going with what you were talking about with connection, turning that flipping it. And rather than having that judgment, having that compassion to the external world, walking around like you own the place because you do, and then being able to, yeah, uplift and strengthen that connection. Yeah. Mm. There's something that's uh, come forward for me uh, more than a few times over the past year, um, and that is uh, – again on this topic or this idea that you know many of us are feeling um this sense of loneliness of disconnect of being alone together is <clears throat> excuse me it's almost as if we're all sorry coughs all good tell me just want to know it's a good one is uh, remember back in high school when uh, like the cool kids would have a party? Mm -hmm. It's almost as if we're all waiting to get invited to the cool kids' party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're all standing by and waiting. We just start the party ourselves. Nice. And invite everybody else to the party. I like that. Yeah. I absolutely like that. Mm. Yeah, man. yeah, be your own cool kid and invite everyone to the party. Yeah. If everybody else is waiting, you know, because you're waiting, somebody's got to start a party somewhere. Yeah. And everybody's looking for a party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, are you start? Do you have a party? No. Well, we don't even ask. We're too afraid to ask. We're just like, well, if they like me, they'll, they'll ask me to show up, mm. I guess. That's totally legit. Hey, motherfucker, just start your own. See what shows up. That's yeah, awesome. It's more opportunity for connection, more opportunity for abundance for everybody involved. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Well, my man, we're at the top of the hour. Hell yeah. Is there anything that has to be said that hasn't been said yet? You know, I, I sign things off usually. Is just stay strong, stay weird. It's the most important thing. Be yourself. Because that's truly one of the most weird things out there. Nice. I have two questions I like the end of the podcast with. The first one for the context. As you're having your little coughing fit. <laughs> oh, no. 
Don't be passing out on me, man. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So for context, it's the end of your days. You're on your deathbed. You're about to kick the bucket. The people that care for you, that you love, are around you. What piece of advice do you want to pass on? That's a, that's a phenomenal question, man. I would say, you know, it, it comes back to, comes back to the things that I hold so deeply now is continue to improve the world, continue to make the world a better place and show up as you. The world wants more of you. I like that. Don't be selfish. Share. Share yourself with us because everybody wants to see it. We're so used to showing up as a different version of ourselves or what you think you want to me or what I – you show up as what you think I want you to be versus just showing up as you. And so just the more continually way – the more continually that you can be more of yourself, the better everybody else is going to be as well. That's legit. Yeah, those are some true words, dude. <clears throat> and then the final question, mm -hmm. the very best version of you is sitting next to you right now. What piece of advice does he have for you during this season of your life? You know, I feel like it's cheating, but it's a, it's it's the same answer. I was reflecting on this earlier with uh, um, uh, somebody very close to me, and it's the more and more that I – the challenges of starting a business, especially a coaching company, is sometimes you feel like you're you're being inauthentic or you, you're like, well, I don't really want to speak to this right now. Or I feel like I'm not speaking in a way that aligns with who I am. Um, you're like, I'm talking about weight loss. I don't really believe it's about weight loss or like calorie. Like, yes, those things matter. But like ultimately being able to speak to a deeper topic like we've done today is what lights me up and makes me excited and want, what I want to share. And so it's the more that I can be that person, be excited about the information that I'm sharing and not just a marketing version of what I – like top three tips of how to blah, blah, blah. Those are the things that are going to matter for folks, and those are the ones – those are the things that people who get it are going to get it. I'm not looking to be a mass market anything. Again, if I can change the, change the, change the world through one person, I'm going to do it, and that's what I, that's what I continue want to aim to do. So – be more of yourself. Be weirder. Be that weirdest version that you're afraid to be on a daily basis. I like that. Well, folks, you heard it here today. Keep up the weirdness. That's also what I got for you in today's episode. Where can people find you, Jeremy? Yeah, uh, the Weird and Strong podcast is available on all major podcast hosts. Um, you can find it on the Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also connect with us at Weird and Strong on Instagram and uh, or at weirdandstrong.com. Nice. 
Well, folks, if you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me with my handle at DapperDudeKyle, along with at Weird and Strong. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, keep up the kindness, and I hope your day treats you as good as you look.